had to go to the ER and everything oh, in, in oh, Florida. So in Florida. So when I was a kid, we went to Florida and went to the beach. Are we putting on these? These aren't going on the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Most of the stuff is not going to get on there. <laughs> Welcome to the Red Raven Games Podcast, Episode 6, Return of the Glogo. I'm Ryan Lockett. I'm Craig Knight. And I'm Brenna Asplund. So, yeah. What's, How's it going? What's, what's a Glogo? Well, you need to explain. Oh, yeah. So, a Glogo. <laughs> you, you can't do Episode Glogo. 4. Yeah. A Glogo <laughs> is... You should maybe do a little more research on the products of the company you're working for, Craig. <laughs> Listen, I'm just an intern. I don't have to know the ins and out of a company. Yeah. So Craig hasn't played above and below. Kill him. Kill him now. But a Glogo is the on the front cover. Actually, that's right behind you, Craig. Oh, you yeah. You can see the little guys in the cave. Those are Glogos. Oh, they're the, they're the cute little guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're the, they're Actually, the they're, cave guys. They're kind of mean in the, in the game. They sort of attack you all the time. Like the cover, it looks like they're just having like normal like office like communication. Just oh, like, yeah, like they're talking about last night's episode. Of, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Agency Married Shield. with Glogos. <laughs> Married game with Glogos. Of, game of Glogos. Game of Glogos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you now when you played Brenna? Did you run into him a lot? I haven't run into many Glogos yet. Okay. I wrote an encounter with a Glogo for near and far. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna, is that why we're doing Return of the Glogo? Because we're yeah returning. Actually, no. So the reason <laughs> I picked that uh, title is because this week on Near and Far Development, I painted what we're calling the training map. Mm-hmm. The training map is the first map that you should play in the game, and it's a little bit. It's just a little bit simplified, and the map is of above and below land. Yeah, it's got yep. the sort of the green grassy area above and then you can go down you can see that we've got it right here we're all looking at it you can go down below into the caves and there's a there's like a glogo fortress down there and a big lake and some other crazy things anyway so it'll be sort of a transition you know you, you play above and below then you go to that training map which is like the training area and all the video games that Gotta kill little... 15 yeah, rats the... in the tavern <laughs> it's the tutorial level it's the tutorial level and uh, that'll sort of springboard you, get you ready for the rest of the book. So anyway, we want to thank everybody for your feedback. We've had a few emails about the podcast and an iTunes review. Woo-hoo. iTunes review. We'll do a dramatic reading the iTunes review right here. Raving for Raven. Five stars by Jaws Author. Red Raven Games is the publisher of some incredible games, including my favorite, Above and Below. The podcast offers a fun inside look into the company and includes tips for designers. They talk about video games, but mostly board games, and it's always fun to hear an update on their current projects. A great podcast for gaming fans and game designers. I would give them 10 stars, but since they don't like stars, I will only give them 5. Colon parentheses. Wasn't that great? <laughs> I loved it. That was such a good review. <laughs> I know. It just gives me the warm fuzzies. 
even though there weren't ten stars, you know. Yeah, we'll take the, we'll the take five. five. We'll take we'll five. Take, we'll take a few stars. Yeah, we don't generally like stars, I guess. No, on this podcast. We're, we're grumpy about it. We prefer circles. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm seeing Depending if I can on your look star. it up. So, uh, what have you guys been playing? How has your last week been? So, I decided to be a casual, dirty, casual board gamer this last week, and I played uh, Sellers of Catan. Oh, no, boo. With, what? With my wife. You really did? <laughs> I really did. I, I, it's been, like, years since I played it. So, do you guys own it? We do own it. We own, like, the... There's, like, two expansions. One's, like, the Seafarers of Catan, oh, yeah. and then the... Uh, the Cities and Nights? Yeah, Cities and Nights. We just played just basic Katankas. My wife doesn't play that many board games, so... Was it just you two mm-hmm. that played? Yeah. Well, that's fun. She hated it. <laughs> she did? Because I'd kill her, because, like, I'm ter- So I'm bad when it comes to playing games when I want to win. I'll, like, uh... give, like, the bare minimum, like, explanation <laughs> of rules and be like... Oh, oh, you're one of those guys. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to take this spot and this spot where it's like, I own everything. She's like, this game's stupid. <laughs> well, I, I loved yeah. Settlers of Catan as a kid. And like mm-hmm. my family, for whatever reason, we decided that the sheep were mutton. So we always referred to the sheep cards <laughs> as mutton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, when I see pigs, I, pref- I refer to them as bacon. Bacon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I wanted to ask a question about above and or settlers of Catan. So had you said you played that Brenna? Yeah. Uh, like as a kid. Mm-hmm. We played it a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know when I was a a teenager, I kept hearing about it, so mm-hmm. we went out and bought it. And I remember looking at it and thinking, oh, this looks kind of boring. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, it was. I remember also thinking, wow, this is so expensive. You know, because I'm used to like monopoly prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Twenty dollars at Target. <laughs> I thought fifty bucks for a game, and now I like. That's what I do for it's a living. It's like the standard. <laughs> no, but it's it's so, it's funny because I played a lot of board games as a kid, but all of the like standard, popular now like mm-hmm. casual gamer. The dirty games, casual games. Played yeah. played a lot of Settlers of Catan, a lot of Munchkin. Yeah, uh, oh, I did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Mon- apples to yeah. apples. My family loved games that were like kind of like party games where you could fill in and make up answers because we're all very creative, goofy people. Like I joke that my immediate family is like an improv comedy troupe. Yeah. So. Well, that's fun. That does (laughs) make it fun when you have the right group. Yeah. Yeah, You have to to be playing with the right people to play that kind of a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember when I, when we actually played Settlers the first time, I thought, oh, this is okay. You know? (laughs) And it's funny because now I actually like the game a lot more than when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's, funny. <laughs> it's so true. I liked it. I mean, I liked. I know the game has its, uh, you know, people talk about the problems it has, but I think the games. I always have a lot of fun every oh, time I play. Yeah. yeah, I like the trading. Mm-hmm. You know, I like mm-hmm. the. I like that there's so much interaction in, in the game. I think it's like mm-hmm. one of the favorite things I like about because there is such like a you have to trade. It's, yeah. it's such a thing you want and to do in the game. And that's something that makes it a very social game is mm-hmm. there's that constant trade negotiation going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, my friend, I remember him saying, oh, man, I hate that game. Because every time he would play with his family, like, no one would trade with him. Just, cause, uh... just to get him. Like, just because they... <laughs> just and to I, make him mad. Yeah. In my family, we'd always end up getting, like, alliances or oh, whatever yeah. that would mm-hmm. like form and then fall apart and you see one person 
uh, drawing ahead, and then everyone's like, nobody trade with him anymore. And it's just like, okay, we're always going to trade together because we're bros, you know, like stuff yeah. like that. Oh, that's so fun. But we did a lot of stuff like that with all the games we played. Like, I remember once I won a game of Risk because my sister, who wasn't technically playing the game, signed on as my, like, diplomatic core and uh, <laughs> and bribed my brother for each turn each turn that he didn't attack me by giving him a piece of candy. And then the other two players, my dad and my other brother, were so busy fighting each other that I took over all of Australia and China without them noticing. <laughs> that's the secret. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's that's how you do it. Australia, man. Every time I win, mm-hmm. I, it's Australia. Australia's very useful. Australia's very, it's a nice little, little place. Yeah. So how's it going on near and far development? Brenna, you've been working on a couple things I've, uh, this last week. I've mostly still just been working on the rule book, which is a lot of like graphic design and fiddly stuff that's very time consuming. Also, we've been working on sort of some new game modes for the game and reworking some of that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one big change we made is that we're splitting up character stories and world stories mm-hmm. into two separate mm-hmm. modes we we've been playing it for a while and and i had this suspicion for a while but i what so to explain how the game works when you go around visiting different locations you'll have like a, a an encounter there but split up between those encounters we were having we had these personal character stories that were you know they were like 10 levels long with different branches and different things that that changed the game depending on player choices. And we decided to make that its own separate mode because we felt like the world stories and the character stories were like fighting against each other. So you weren't getting enough of either. And um, so now what we've done is we've made story mode. And in story mode, it's like a campaign, but you play over three maps, but you get intense character story. Like every story is a character story. Yep. And I think think that's a good change because it'll make the character stories stronger like experiencing them all at once you'll get more invested in it and stuff yeah and it you know by game nine in the old version you would have forgotten what happened at the beginning of your story game one yeah (laughs) so yeah we've done that and i'm excited about that i think it's going to work really well Mm -hmm. and it really we were talking about this the other day the game has so much content to explore and you know you'll play one mode for a while and if you want to try something new you'll you'll go to story mode after you've done campaign mode you know, it's like a video game with just, we've packed so much replayability in there. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be able to play so many games of near and far experiencing just completely different content. Yeah. Now, mind you, there is some content that you have to purchase that comes with the game. <laughs> it's locked, but you have to send us a payment of $15 yeah. Yeah, on our gonna website. Yeah, there's going to be DLC. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's with the game. Yeah. So you have to, like, give us a code, and it unlocks. We give you the, the we give you like a, it's, it's actually written in, like, a code language, so we'll send you the, the code sheet. <laughs> the decoder. The decoder sheet. <laughs> the decoder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the new new way to do it. So yeah, and that's I'm how not, you really make money. I'm sorry, we're missing. We're we're like glancing over one important thing that happened this last week. So we we oh, play yeah. tested a game, oh. and something something happened that's been uh, in the works for a while. It should have happened the week before, but you know it happened this last week. And I'm just gonna. I think I was it me that won. No, right? <laughs> it was, I won. It was no. me. Yeah, I know. I've 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 finally been defeated. 
I'm just gonna just put in some, some nice victory music right here, just <laughs> just to just to really feel and relish this uh this moment that I, I finally just, won. I I crushed Brenna the Great. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's funny is that game. I thought, oh man, I got this in the bag. I'm gonna kill these Brian guys. I was having a good, good game. <laughs> And I still then came at the in second. End, oh, I, I, yeah, I was still last. I think I get last every time I play. Yeah. Well, that's okay. It's okay. I will take back my crown. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'll we'll find try. out. Next time. Next time. So, Brenna, let me ask you, mm-hmm. what were some things that you ran into that you didn't expect when you were doing working on the rule book? Because, Brenna, just to let everybody know, Brenna has... She's doing the first draft of the rule book, so she's written a lot and she's done a lot of the graphic design. Yeah, one thing I didn't expect was just how much there would be to explain, like just how many tiny little things you would need to do, like to explain yeah. every bit and piece and be like, oh, well, and if this happens, you have to do this, and if this happens, you do this. And some some things seem like really simple mechanics like when playing with it, but then are really complicated in theory. Cause in the, in the game, there are maps, you know, and you move around to different places and you can build camps. And some of the spaces on the paths in between have like enemies or treasures. And like the game mechanic is that if you have a camp built on either side of a path, then that thing goes away, but it's active until then. Right. That was really hard for me to explain <laughs> typing out. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And you have to explain it, I feel like, in multiple places because you have the treasure section and the threat section. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, and you're like, you have to build on both sides or you, you still have to deal with that every time you pass over. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. Just over the years as I've written real books, like when you explain the game and you can show someone like with your by moving pieces around, mm-hmm. it's so simple. But yeah, to describe it in text is like, and you don't want to go overboard because yeah, you know, it just gets, you don't want somebody falling asleep while they're reading it. Yeah, you don't want people to fall asleep, and you don't want them to get confused with like your complicated syntax yeah. and precise words. Well, it's funny because there are so many times when somebody will they'll post up a phrase like online, and there'll be this pages of debate like, what did he mean by this? Yeah, does this mean this thing, or does it mean this other thing? And I'm just thinking, oh, why didn't I change one word in that phrase? It would have clarified everything. <laughs> But the one thing the one thing that's nice that I've discovered is cuz I wrote out most of the rules just in a word document before I started putting together the graphic design. Yeah. And a lot of stuff became so much simpler once I started adding pictures. Yeah. It's like I had like a whole paragraph to explain one thing that I can reduce to like five words cuz I have a picture right above it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. That's true. Definitely. Actually, I think this will be a great lead into. We're going to skip to uh, our next section, which is game development tip of the week. Tip, tip, tip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so, the tip of the week is write the rule book twice. And I say this because I wrote the Empires of the Void rule book twice. But unfortunately, the second time I wrote it, the game was already published. Yeah. <laughs> DLC. <laughs> Yeah, you had to download it. It's a much better rule book than the book in the box. The book in the box is is really not good. So you should write a first draft of your rules when you can in like a Word document. You know, don't make it super nice. Just just write it out. And then 
start explaining your game to different groups. You know, you'll spend a couple months testing it and cleaning it up and, um, you know, ironing out all the wrinkles in the game. And after you have done that, after you've explained it to many groups many times, just scrap that first rule book and start from scratch. I'm serious about this. Now, you don't have to dump everything that you wrote in that first rule book, but you probably should like not follow the organization that you wrote in that rule book. Like you should you should come up with a new organization because as you teach that game so many times, you will fall into a certain method or a certain you'll, you'll have these different steps that you find work best when you're explaining the game. So you'll better know how to explain it in the rule book. You know, you'll know what to start with and you'll know where to go next and everything should lead in a very natural way and it'll, you know, in the end your rule book will be better for it. Yeah, definitely. So for us, for the near and far rule book, we're kind of following the pattern that uh, the Isle Bound and the Above and Below rule book has. Mm -hmm. So that also has helped us a lot. Like we have, we sort of have a pattern now that we always follow and it definitely makes it easier. So that's the other thing I would say when you're writing a rule book, make sure that you look at other rule books. Yeah. You know, for organization, to see how they did things, you know, even for graphic design, because graphic design can be a big part of teaching. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, clearly. Oh, definitely. Like, what's one thing we did with the shaded boxes? Yeah, well, we uh, added shaded boxes in the rule book to describe rules that apply to different modes. So the basic, the basic rules are just the training mode. And then anything else additional for the other modes are in sort of like shaded boxes with the label of what mode they apply to at the top. So that the first time you play, you can go through and just read anything that's not shaded. And then you can easily go through and see what you need to read to play the other yeah. and styles. That, so that first time through that rule book is going to be a lot, you know, Quicker more easy yeah, yeah, than it normally would. So there you go. We actually don't have any questions from anyone, but I wanted to ask you guys. We're going to go back and do uh, an, another section. We, <laughs> yeah. skipped, we skipped this section. Questions. So it's just a fun and exciting order this week. Yeah, we like to keep you on your toes. Yeah, you never know what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you guys, do you prefer written or video reviews of games? Do you watch video reviews? Do you read written reviews? I prefer written reviews because I like to skim through them. Okay. I just like to, like like to go, go straight down to that through number. And the number. <laughs> not, <laughs> not necessarily to get to the number, but just to get to the information that seems relevant to me. Like I have a hard, I have such a hard time a lot of the times doing one thing at once. So sitting down and watching a full video is hard for me. Yeah. I'd rather just, you know, skim through quickly, move back to Twitter, you know. <laughs> right. It's that low attention span thing, yep. I guess. Yep. I, I don't know. It kind of depends on who's doing the written review, who's doing the video review, because there's some video reviews that I personally love to, to watch because it's really informative and they get straight to the point. Because some videos, the problem that you come across is that they get too long and you're just wanting to get, do you like the game or do you not? <laughs> what don't you like? What do you like? And then sometimes uh, like really like good video editors will break it down to where it's it's nice and concise where they give you enough content to where you understand what's happening in the game what what they liked what they didn't like and the thing i like about written reviews is how clever people can be when they actually write them and how they're able to explain 
a game because it's really easy just to explain like oh this is really cool like verbally but to do it in a written format is is far more difficult and if it's done well it it, it really shows well and i guess part of it for me is that i for the most part don't really care what other people's opinions are on the game <laughs> i just want to find out like the information about it like the mechanics how it plays yeah. etc so i can make a decision for myself like does this sound like something i want to play so i see some you know critical comments about reviews mm -hmm. saying that well there's there's sort of two sides of the review there's like the reviews that focus a lot on just showing you the game and telling mm -hmm. you how it works and then the reviews that are more opinion focused and what do you guys sort of lean toward? Like what, so Brenna, it sounds like you just want to see the game. Yep, I just want the information. So you can form your own opinion. Yep. But I also see that form criticized a lot where people will say that those aren't reviews. They're just like that's game true. demos. <laughs> just like news. <laughs> it's a preview. Honestly, that's what I read more of is like news articles <laughs> about yeah. a game's release or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I also find it useful to, to see the game because when I'm looking at a review, I want to see if it's something that would interest me. Yeah. And I also want to get warnings from the reviewer, like if there are things that are wrong with it. You know, I want to, I want to be able to decide, is it worth the risk? Is this going to bug me? That's a good point. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's important just to not just strictly go to like one news source for like a review or a preview or anything like that. Like it's important to go to different reviewers just so you get that different perspective. Because if you go to like one one website you only get that one perspective <laughs> and you're only seeing like oh well this person says bad so it can't be good but if you go to different uh, uh organizations you can get a different perspective that might confirm that suspicion on it being a bad game or enlighten like why it's actually a good game compared to somebody else yeah honestly when it comes to actual like opinions on things i care more about like what people i know think about something yeah then like people I don't and if I like really watched or paid attention to one reviewer for a long time and I trusted their taste then I might care more about that but yeah. more for me it's more like oh well some of my friends on Twitter have been tweeting about how much they love this game gotta go yeah try that out right that's the opinions that <laughs> affect me <laughs> yeah well that's an interesting comment because I have heard and this is funny because I think it was last week we had our rant about uh, video game, or not video game, just review Reviews. aggregate mm -hmm. score numbers. Yeah. Um, apparently, people are much more swayed by one person's comment that they trust or know than they are by a number. So if you so see, true. if you see like, th this is a scientifically proven thing, mm -hmm. like if you see a Rotten Tomatoes review or number that's like 40% and you say, ah, that, that seems like I wouldn't watch it. But then your friend comes by and says, oh my gosh, it was so awesome. Don't listen to the reviews. You're actually way more <laughs> likely to listen to your friend. One person, one person's comment is going to sway you a lot more than that. Oh yeah. See that. Yeah. So that goes against what I was saying last week. And let me just let me just clarify. As well <laughs> Is that what why I was you chose saying. this topic? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, just fell, we just fell yeah. into it. Let me just say, like, I think reviews are extremely valuable and important. I think yeah. basically what, last week what I was talking about mostly was I, is sort of the aggregate, boiling, boiling a creative endeavor down to sort of a score. 
I think can sometimes be damaging. Yeah. It, it sort of removes the need to talk about the more nuanced aspects of the mm-hmm. of the thing, whatever you're whatever you're reviewing. Right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah. Uh, be sure to visit our website, redravengames.com, and our Twitter, at redravengame. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Brenna underscore Asplund. And just before, quick before we leave, a piece of news that a lot of you might be interested in, as well as doing work on the Near and Far rulebook this week, I'm getting together the files to start shipment for Islebound. What? So just, just, just decide <laughs> to slide that in at the very end it's of the not, episode. Well, yeah, just thought people might like to hear that we are still moving forward with that and shipment's going to be starting fairly soon. Yeah. I'm excited. Way excited for everybody to play that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And, you know, leave a review on the web, on our uh, little podcast thing. Say how bad or good you think this is. Give us an aggregate review of stars or numbers. Like, you could just say 5 out of 10 as a review, and I just would love that. Mm-hmm. Numbers are meaningless, but... Give us a high one if you want to. <laughs> if you want, if you want, if you want to. We don't believe in this thing, but if you if you believe in it, give us a if high number. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. All right. See ya. See ya. having some technical difficulties because right now you're hearing this bit like we'll just keep this stuff in so you can that's just these. that's just the uh engine of the spaceship <laughs> that's that's the glogo so hopefully we can see uh, the rumbling gonna, of the okay, glogo just army gonna, just gotta do some of this that's <laughs> uh, okay all right i'm gonna make a decision here i want i think we should start over <laughs> yeah. i think it's okay so far until this part <laughs> yeah let's let's just start over let's start over i think it could be a cleaner okay cleaner go